this program really does assist in providing a safer and overall a better quality experience for all those that we serve. I'm Doug Deloney. On this edition of The Next Stop, new bus shelters are on the way, and we have what you need to know. The Next Stop. The Next Stop. The Next Stop. Metro's podcast. Today on The Next Stop, we welcome Casey McKay. He is part of the PEC department that's planning, engineering, and construction team here at Metro. Specifically, he's the senior program manager for our Metro Next projects. Welcome, Casey. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate the time. And, and did I get that right? Is that PEC or is it PEC or what do you guys? It is PEC. <laughs> okay. You got it perfect. Okay. PEC might make people think they're going to the gym or something. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Let's start this uh, conversation by talking about Metro Next. Uh, of course, those of us who work here at Metro, we hear that all all the time. We know what Metro Next is, but I know that some people may not be totally familiar with it. So what is Metro Next? Sure. Metro Next consists of many new projects that will, of course, benefit our patrons in the community as a whole. And the program has 75 miles of new Metro Rapid bus service plan that operates really like a light rail. The largest of those BRT projects is the University Quarter Bus Rapid Transit Project. That's a 25-mile long project. We're at a 30% design already on that one followed by the Inner Katy BRT and the Gulfton BRT. And then there's also expansions to the two HOV lanes, park and rides, transit centers, light rail planned, community connector services, along with some other projects. I have to throw this out there. This was a voter approved plan to combat Houston's notoriously bad Correct. traffic. So voters approved 500 miles of travel improvements as our population in our region is expected to grow to more than 10 million people by the year 2040. So as this community grows, obviously so will traffic and traffic's just going to continue to get worse and worse. And that's what Metro Next Moving Forward plan is hoping to resolve to help ease traffic congestion by taking more cars off of the road. And it consists of many new projects that's going to benefit patrons and the community. It's obviously a huge undertaking. Metro Rapid Expansion, Metro Rail Expansion, system enhancements. There's a lot to manage. How do you, how does your team uh, juggle it all? Well, the planning, engineering, and construction department has doubled in size in the last two and a half years from 31 full-time employees to 62 full-time employees. Many of us are involved with several projects at once, but some people do spend all their time on some of these massive, large projects. Personally, I'm involved with pre-construction efforts on just about all the projects due to being the pre-construction lead for PEC, which gets me involved with many different types of projects, which is really fun and definitely not boring. But the key is leveraging resources. Nobody is an expert at every kind of project. You have to know who the subject matter experts are, and you can't be shy to ask them for assistance. There is no I in team. You're not expected to know every single thing. And, I, and I'm sure sometimes when you guys make right. presentations at board meetings and committee meetings, it can be uh, quite overwhelming um, to try and know everything. But I guess it's just kind of impossible with that many people and that many projects, right? That's right. And it's not just Metro staff involved. Uh, I know Metro works with dozens of companies, uh, contractors, uh, and other providers to make sure that Metro's needs are met and the customer's needs are met. Um, what are some of the challenges with working so many with so many different crews or different entities or other even government agencies. Yes, and this circles back to my comment about resources. In my opinion, the more resources we have, typically the better off we are. 
And we have various consultants that have design or inspection specialties in horizontal work or vertical work or other types of work, which is what you need, because it is extremely rare, again, to find people that are capable of designing, constructing, or inspecting all types of work. And it can take time to get used to a new team, which is typically the case in each project. However, with a good attitude and a willingness to work together, all of our projects turn out successful regardless of this hurdle. And I know it's always great to be successful in a project and wrap some of these projects up or get a new one underway. Um, and that's why right now we're going to focus on um, a lot of the recent Metro work or Metro Next celebrations and ribbon cuttings have been focused on uh, bus stops and bus shelter improvements. And uh, we have two items that we are rolling out right now. First, we have metro's uh what we call the new standard bus shelter those are being installed across the service area and secondly we also have new bus shelters and other enhancements coming to uh, stops along the boost corridor which is multiple specific routes so we'll get into those boost corridor routes in a moment but uh let's first talk about the new standard bus shelter um what do we mean when we say the the standard bus shelter what are some of those improvements we're talking about with this new one versus the old one sure. and to give a little background there so we solicited a design and fabricate contract for the new standard bus shelters because we wanted the fabricator to be involved in the design to ensure the design was buildable. Therefore, Vico received this contract for 2,000 new shelters, that's 34 per month or 400 per year over the next five years. We worked closely with Vico to finish the design and prototype, which we inspected and tested for leaks with a fire truck at their facility. And ensuring the shelters don't leak is a major priority, along with the structural integrity. The city of Houston has increased the wind loading requirements such that the structure must be able to withstand 139 mile per hour winds due to the strong hurricanes this region has faced. Therefore, we had to increase the bolt diameter from a quarter inch to a half inch to achieve this. The shelters are built of thicker structural steel members in general as well. Additionally, they are of a silver anodized color for a new appeal and they're having solar light kits installed of them by the Metro Facility Maintenance Department. I know lighting is always a big concern for people when it comes to safety, uh, so it's great to hear about the right. lighting enhancements. And I know there's some numbers you threw out there, but the big takeaway is these are uh, these are more rugged, they're more durable. Um, and I know that yeah. uh, just looking at them at a first glance, some people may go, what's the difference between the old one and the new one? It's just at a first glance. But if you really take time and look at the details, you can tell they're of higher quality. Uh, they've got that ventilation kind of, at the top, they have slots at the top right. um, to allow for some of that heat uh, that people have said gets kind of trapped in the older ones. Some of that heat can dissipate. But the reality is on a hot day, it's still going to be hot in Houston. Houston gets hot, but at least we have yeah. some of that ventilation. Uh, and as long as the sun's not coming in from the side, you're also in the shade as well. So um, I think there are huge benefits compared to the old design. So I'm, I'm excited to see these kind of uh, get rolled out, right? Uh, some of the immediate questions I know will be, am I getting one of these new shelters at my stop? And I guess the big message here is we are rolling out the launch of these shelters right now over several years. I know you mentioned five years just now. And these are locations all over the service area, not just one or two selected routes. Correct. This is part of the there's no I in team. We have another team dedicated to finding out where we can install and select uh, to install the new bus shelters and which ones will be the first to get the new shelters. There's a lot of 
of variables to consider, including the location of the stop, how much space is available. Um, and, you know, we have more than 9,000 stops across our, our large service area. There's not always space available for a bus shelter of any kind. After all, we can't totally block the sidewalk, right? That is correct. <laughs> Unfortunately, not every stop is able to fit one of these new standard bus shelters. From what I understand, the, the, the new standard bus shelter installation priorities, it's going to depend on a number of factors, um, including the number of daily boardings at a particular stop, whether there's access to a significant senior population, whether there's access to a community with a high concentration of people living with a disability, whether it serves a significant activity center, such as hospitals, retail, or grocery stores, and whether it connects to other bus routes or metro rail stops. So that's how, kind of how we're prioritizing where some of these uh, new bus shelters will be installed or replacing some of the old ones. Um, Right. So let's move on to the boost corridor now. Um, these are a little bit different from the new standard bus shelter, from what I understand. These are selected routes among the most highly traveled in our system that will have improvements, including new shelters, new lighting, digital sh signs that sh show when the next bus is arriving. Uh, what do these new boost shelters look like? Is that part, part of what your team does as well? Do they look different from the standard bus shelter? Yes, the boost bus shelters are a fancier looking design than the standard bus shelters. They have angles and just a more modern look in general. These shelters all have LED lighting already installed in them by the fabricator, and those are operated by a light sensor. We have solar panels on these new shelters that power the light. Furthermore, the boost bus stops are going to have digital signs that relay the bus arrival information. So these boost routes, if you want to go take a look, um, if everybody wants to see where these boost routes are, they can head over to ridemetro.org and search for the word boost or go to forward slash boost. And you can find uh, the specific routes. I know I'm excited for it because I frequently use the 54 and that runs through Third Ward, um, up through Midtown and then goes all the way to the downtown transit center. And so I'm looking forward to some of these improvements. Um, and it really is kind of scattered across some of our busiest routes, like I mentioned before. It's not a concentration of, of one certain area or neighborhood that's going to get these, what you said, fancier uh, bus shelters. Um, it's kind of spread throughout the city and the busiest routes. So I think everyone's going to benefit from it, whether it's going through your specific neighborhood or not. Um, and like we mentioned before, multiple local businesses are involved with Metro making all of this happen. It's not one specific company or contractor. I, suffice to say, we're not at one of these bus operating facilities trying to build these out uh, on our own with some stuff we got from Home Depot. It's quite a process, right? Correct. It is a process. Our PEC team, along with the Metro procurement team, work diligently to ensure companies are bidding our work. And luckily, we have been successful in getting several local companies to bid our projects and many have won bids. Once we get the bids in, the work isn't over, though. A lot of coordination, prioritization, and organization is required to make a project successful. Countless hours is going to the first ensuring the bidders qualify to perform the work, then leading the weekly meetings with the team to ensure everything is getting done per schedule, along with the problem solving of issues as they arise, and then ensuring what was built is built correctly. And, you know, talking about those problem solving issues, I know that uh, it's it can be a challenge between the weather and trying to work with um, the city and different businesses that may or may not be impacted while this is happening, because sometimes it's all about not just 
picking up the old shelter. Sometimes there has to be improvements around it with a new pad. Um, so it's a construction process to make this happen. And we just appreciate everyone's patience. Uh, if they see the trucks roll up and they remove a bus shelter and you're like, well, is a new one going to come? Um, obviously, people can reach out to Metro with questions um, and concerns. Uh, but we do appreciate everyone's patience uh, from our patrons to our neighbors and all the companies that are involved uh, as we make this happen and we work through any problems that might arise. Um, when you take a look at the Metro Next program as a whole, uh, and whether someone experiences the boost corridor or maybe their neighborhood's getting some of the new standard shelters, how do you think uh, improvements like this impact our community with Metro Next? Sure. And as a regular bus rider myself, I can attest that what Metro does for our community does not go unnoticed. Patrons appreciate what we do to get them safely around the community. The Boost Bus Route program is committed to providing riders with a better walk to their bus stop via new sidewalks, a better bus stop via new these bus shelters, and a better ride by fixing the damaged roads the buses drive on. This program really does assist in providing a safer and overall a better quality experience for all those that we serve. And I just want to remind everyone that there's more to come with Metro Next. So you, really, there's so much in, involved with it. We could have done a two hour podcast on it with five other guests, and we probably will spread this out over the coming years. Uh, but there's much more to come. So everyone should check out RideMetro.org forward slash Metro Next. And don't forget to sign up to be part of Metro's feedback loop um, where we conduct a series of surveys year round where patrons can give their input just about service overall and, and service improvements and whatnot. Uh, so Casey, I know this was very much a quick crash course. I know there's so much more to it, but is there anything else that you'd like to say or add or address or anything that we did not go over in this conversation? Yes. I would just like to thank all the other departments working with PEC to bring this program to fruition. It really does take an army to plan, design, and build a program of this size. We surely can't do it alone. Every Metro employee has a part in this in some way. So every Metro employee should be proud to tell their family and friends about what we're doing and how we're doing it to better our community one project at a time. That's excellent. Excellent. That wraps it up for this edition of The Next Stop. Thanks to you, the listener, and all of our Metro riders out there. As a reminder, you can reach Metro's customer service team. Call us or even text us, 713-635-4000. I'm Doug Deloney. If you'd like to check out more episodes and subscribe to this podcast, you can find all the links you need on ridemetro.org forward slash podcast. As always, drive less and do more with Houston Metro.